Hello, everybody, and welcome to Athletic Definition. My name is Coach Ray Z, and today I'm going to talk about what is a pro athlete in 2022. So I'm always looking at different sports and articles, and I came across this article. It is on a magazine. When it's actually not a magazine. Let me see here. I, I brought it up real quick on my note. Basically, it's about running, and for the first time in the New York Marathon, which actually was just on the news earlier today. They're returning to full runners, which will be 50,000 runners since COVID. So that that's good. But also they decided uh, for the first time in history to give the elite men a separate wave. And so when you have 50,000 runners, not everybody can start at the same time. So what they do is they separate you by your speed. Uh, there's always though some sort of uh, like people that know they're slower and they know that they can't keep that amazing pace that the pro athletes do uh, for that long, uh, but they still manage to somehow get to the front and really just get in the way. Uh, there's been times where people have fallen down. Uh, there's been times where people have tripped. Um, but then there's also been times where non-professional athletes, well, they're good enough to get into the first wave but they're not good enough to actually win. And sometimes though, it's happened where they'll place like third place in a major race. So there's a lot of controversy with that. And then I started thinking about all the other sports and how things have changed. So I'm gonna be talking about the Olympics, uh, football, uh, college, um, and the official definitions of what it is to be a pro athlete nowadays. According to encyclopedia.com, uh, a professional athlete is defined um, as a player who gets played, who gets to play sports for a living, and that they have achieved a top standing in their chosen field through the years of training. Professional athletes are people with natural talent, which to me, that is debatable. There's people who have earned their way to it without natural talent, uh, stamina, competitive drive, and they have excellent reflexes, coordination, and are well-disciplined when it comes to rigorous practice and training. So that is uh, the definition of a professional athlete. Then I went to dictionary.com and their definition of an athlete is a person trained or gifted in exercise or contest involving physical agility, stamina, or strength, a participant in sports, exercise, or game requiring physical skill. And then when I kind of start looking at examples of professional athletes, yeah, I mean, this is where it could get debatable. I don't see, I mean, I guess car racing would be a skill, but you're, are you born with natural ability as a race car driver, as a horse jockey? Things things to consider. I think now with 2022 and their definition of you getting paid uh, to play, they have to change it. Um, let's start off with college. Now in college, I'm not, I don't really follow college too much, but I've always thought it wasn't fair that the college athlete couldn't get paid. Uh, I know in California it's passed. It's called the Fair Pay to Play Act it's now in effect, and I, I believe that other colleges like that, that are not in California are working on this as well. As I mentioned, I'm not the biggest college person, but I kind of looked into a little bit. And so now if you are a college player, you can get paid. 
Well, according to the definition, that makes you a professional. Are college players professional now or are they amateur? And if you don't get paid, are, oh, and according to the definition, it's where you're getting paid the most. Are you guys considering endorsements for playing as part of being a professional athlete? Or are you separating endorsements from actually getting paid by, you know, the league, for example, like in the NFL? So then, uh, you know, the Olympics, the Olympics um, in the United States, athletes do not get paid to compete in the Olympics. They do get medals. And the only two sports that don't are kind of resisting having professionals uh, alongside is wrestling and boxing, which to me, wrestling, I don't know of a professional league in freestyle wrestling after you go to Olympics. It's like, it's like the Super Bowl for a freestyle wrestler. After that, you know, you usually either go into WWE or you go into like some sort of MMA, UFC. Um, a lot of them do jiu-jitsu, but right now, uh, me as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, there's not really too many tournaments where you get paid. There are some tournaments where you compete, and if you place in the top two, you get paid. Would that make you a professional? Mm, I'm not sure uh, because they have it in like different belts. So in jiu-jitsu, there's five belts. It starts off with white, blue, purple, brown, and then black. Um, and these tournaments are now where, you know, a blue belt could get paid or a purple belt. Um, you know, they're not actually pros yet. They're like, you know, a black belt will tap them out easily. So that's something more to ponder. And then in the Olympics, you know, it's a mixture now of pros and amateurs, which makes it even more confusing to the people. And then when it comes to running, um, you know, they want to separate them in waves. And usually, um, you know, like I mentioned, I've done races where there's like 40,000 people and they just can't release everybody at the same time. It, it's too much. So they want to separate the elites. Uh, when it comes to running, not all the elites are getting tested uh, for for you know drugs basically for doping um and that's where like well why are you going to separate the elite men and then have a different wave if not everyone's going to be tested it's just really more for the race organizers to have total control of, of the races in in my opinion and that could be you know i'm not i always want to do new york marathon i haven't done it yet but I do remember there was one giant storm or something happened in New York and New York marathon is pretty expensive. It's like $500. It's a lottery. And then as soon as you get in, they, they charge your card, but none of these race directors, at least for the big ones, give you back the money. I think when COVID happened, I think the New York uh, marathon race directors kept all the money. Um, the smaller races, they gave runners options. Uh, they'll defer it till next year. And I remember, you know, people, you know, when you travel across country or around the world, you make plans, you get hotels and then for it to, to be canceled and not get your money back. And I think twice now it's happened in the history of the New York marathon. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, growing up, you know, I played many different sports uh, for fun, and 
there was this league called An One Mixtape. And it was just a bunch of street ballers. And there was this one guy named The Professor. So he's like one of the first ones that came to my mind. Because according to the definition, you're getting paid to play a sport. So he gets paid to play a sport. He is not considered a professional by most people. But according to the definition, he is a professional because he gets paid to play basketball. So that's another, hmm, it looks like they probably have to update the definitions of what a professional player is. Um, how about Harlem Globetrotters? Um, they go around the nation. They're actually going to be in, it's not Staples anymore. It's, uh, what is it, the new Crypto.com arena. They're going to be there, I think, this week in, in LA. Uh, people pay tickets. You know, they buy the tickets to go watch them play. They are not considered professionals at all, yet they're getting paid to play a sport. So according to the definition, they're professionals. Now, according to the definition, maybe it's because that's not their majority of money. Maybe they have to do side jobs and they're earning more money from their side jobs than their actual basketball. So that is where it gets a little gray. But then, if that is the case, how about, let's talk about Jake Paul. Jake Paul is a YouTuber. Uh, and now he's a fighter. He has not, I mean, he's fighting without headgear as a boxer. So that right there makes you a pro. I've done boxing. Uh, amateurs wear headgear. And then when you are a pro, you no longer wear the headgear. And so now, okay, how much money did he make? Well, according to uh, Forbes um, and another article I read, Mr. Beast on YouTube was the number one uh, moneymaker for them. And second was Jake Paul. According to Forbes, he made roughly about $40 million before taxes and then with an additional $5 million for other endeavors, uh, I guess promotions coming from the fight. And with that, that actually made him one of the highest paid athletes uh, last year. Uh, only boxers to crack the top 50 were Canelo Alvarez, who tied for 48 with 34 million. So Jake Paul actually made more than Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Phil Mickelson was 41 million. And according to YouTube, Jake Paul made $40 million off YouTube. So he actually made more money last year as a fighter. So he made more money last year as a fighter than as a YouTuber. So by definition, he is a professional athlete because he's that's his main money maker. How many people actually consider Jake Paul a professional? I, I've done boxing. I currently do jiu-jitsu. I have friends in MMA, uh, know a lot of fighters. And most people do not respect Jake Paul as a fighter, in my opinion. Um, you can hear Dana White. You know, he fought Ben Asterix, who he was good, not in the UFC. He, he wasn't good in the UFC. He, he made more money fighting Jake Paul than in the UFC. He was out of shape. Uh, he was coming out of a hip surgery. Excellent wrestler, not a stand-up. Uh, he fought Tyrone Woodley a couple times. Uh, the second time, I think it was because the pro boxer, uh, I can't remember who the boxer was, but he got hurt. So that right there is, you know, from most people I talk to, most reviews, they, they call Jake Paul a YouTuber. 
They don't call him a professional fighter. They don't call him a professional athlete. So that I, you know, I, I ask everybody, what is a professional athlete now in 2022? Um, I left a comment on that article on a Facebook group for running that I, I'm part of. And I, I left it sarcastically because the title was a little clickbaity. It said, should pro athletes be separated? Oh, no. It said, should pro runners be separated from the average person? And I said, what's a pro runner? Because same thing, you know, you run track in college after that as a runner, the, the biggest thing that there is, is the Olympics after the Olympics, you know, if you're talking marathon, the Super Bowl marathon is the Boston marathon. You don't get paid to run the Boston marathon. Um, actually, I'm not even sure if they have prize money to, if you win it, um, you know, like Los Angeles Marathon has prize money. Um, I'm not sure about some do, some don't. And there is no, you know, like NBA, NFL, there is no runner's league. I wonder what they consider a professional runner. So I, I left a, a comment on there kind of, you know, being sarcastic. And I said, what's a professional runner? And I got so many different comments from different people. Some of them tell me, a professional runner is someone who wins first place. So uh, with that mentality, I take it to all sports. So you can only be a professional if you are the champ or if you come in first. If other than that, you're not considered a professional. Then some people wrote, uh, you have to get, if you get paid. And then that started some other comment where some guys like, I won a couple races, but I don't consider myself a professional. And I did get paid for those. And me, myself, I've gotten a few races paid for. Where does, where does the, the line as far as professionalism? Because I'm not getting paid to run, but I'm getting my races paid. Is that any sort of professional? I, and these are not things that I have questions. I mean, answers to. These are just things that I'm throwing out there. Because just based on that one comment, it's, it was like four days ago, and people are still commenting on on it and the whole thread has been you know what's a professional what's a professional so i thought it'd be a, a great topic to talk about today uh today i was supposed to have my friend jason uh owner of blitz mutai professional mutai fighter um international champion um but he had to go see the doctor uh and he will be on next week so uh this is a topic that i've been kind of thinking about just because regardless that i keep getting even now I keep getting like comments on, you know, that little comment that it, it, it was kind of like just joking around, you know, really what's a pro runner? Because, you know, there's not too many who just get paid to run. They get paid if they win a race. So that's different. And how do you, how do you separate that? And with all that going on, with the college players now being able to get paid, with Olympics, you know, mixing it up, I ask, is it time to edit the definition in the dictionary of what a professional athlete is? How about something that I didn't even see in any article? How about the way you carry yourself? Shouldn't that be considered as a professional athlete, the way you carry yourself on the field and off the field as a professional? Um, or do you consider 
let's say we'll take uh, Antonio Brown, who played for wide receiver, ex-wide receiver, who knows he may come back, for um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When they needed him, he took off his, and, you know, he's got his side of the story. Tampa Bay's got their side. But do you consider someone who takes off their shirt in the middle of a game, takes off their shoulder pads, throws it into the crowd, runs around, makes a scene a professional? That sounds like an immature teenager to me, not not a professional. And, you know, this guy's a grown man. How about all the, you know, on and off the field things that are going on? Uh, you know, in all the sports, I think that that should be considered a professional. But then again, that's separating it from the sport. But, you know, when you listen to a lot of the, the goats or the way they prepare, um, Jerry Rice, huge fan of Jerry Rice, always be the first one on the field and the last one to leave. That's professionalism to me. You're setting an example. You're working hard. You're leading by example, and you don't hear about like extra, you know, activity like women beating or accusations of all this other stuff going on. I mean, I could go on and on from football players, um, and you know, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it has to do with the trauma that they receive from from blows to the head and and the the brain trauma that has caused because a lot of them like when their career's over they seem to be getting in trouble off the field um lawrence taylor uh the tight end from green bay what was this i can't remember Ch Ch can't remember his name but he got like uh in trouble for i think sleeping with a babysitter or something like that and you know you could go on and on and on with these different athletes um Ray Lewis, who uh, doesn't play in the NFL anymore, running back. He, you know, was in the news big time for that elevator. I think when he, I don't remember if it was his girlfriend or wife at the time. But this just, for me, uh, you know, makes me think that at, at this point, we need to reevaluate what a professional athlete is and the actual definition. Because um, you can get paid a lot for like, I don't know, rollerblading. Um, you can get paid for everything. And I don't think everyone considers them professional athletes. The term is really loose uh, when, when it comes to people's opinion. It's kind of like when you ask someone, and I've done this, what, what does athletic definition mean? That's the name of my show. Everybody has an opinion of what an athlete is. Everybody will tell you, you're not an athlete. You are an athlete. You know, I've been told I'm not a runner. And I've done 55 marathons and people have told me I, I'm not a runner. People have told me, you know, I've had stitches on my eye and uh, I had my ear drained uh, for starting to get cauliflower from jujitsu. I've been doing it for like six, seven years. And people tell me, well, you're not a jujitsu person because, you know, you, you run. And no matter what, everyone's going to be like, you're an athlete, you're not an athlete. And that's kind of my interpretation of what a professional athlete is now it's just everyone's opinion and the definitions uh just from pro athlete to an athlete don't really even completely coincide and as i was mentioning i know uh i can't remember his name but he played uh hockey and he worked really really hard um 
to stay in the league and become an MVP, but he didn't have talent. He worked really, really hard, did a lot of uh, Norics to get that strength. You know, they say that they're giftedly talent. And I, you, I know of a bunch of professional fighters that didn't have the talent, but worked hard. I would like to know what people think of a professional athlete. Is it the same thing that you think of, of an athlete overall? What is an athlete to you? You know, uh, is it someone who is a weekend warrior? Are they considered an athlete? And then does how much money you make, like the definition, official definition really come into play? Uh, let's say I work for the bank and I get paid to run, but I get paid more at the bank. I, that takes away my status as a professional because I can make more money in the bank when I'm still getting paid to do the sport, which is basically the definition. So uh, those are all interesting things. And as I mentioned, it all came up because of this article about the New York Marathon. Um, I think a few years ago, they they separated the women. And so the women start separately. And this idea in running isn't new. In Los Angeles Marathon, they always do it. They have the, the men versus women competition in the beginning. And I believe they give the women like two, three minutes head start, and then the elite men are released. And then whoever wins out of the men and women, they get like, I think, $10,000 extra, right? Which is pretty cool. It's just a, it's just basically, they call it like the battle of the sexes or something like that. And before... Um, Alley Marathon used to be like linked up with a Honda. So the winner would get $10,000 and then the winner of the race would get another $10,000 and then you would get the car. So th that's pretty nice, but that's because you won it. So if you are not getting paid to run and you win it, by definition, you're not a professional athlete. So it's 2022. I think with the college players now being able to get paid, which definitely right there, they're all considered amateurs. They're not considered pros. And then when it comes to boxing, I don't understand why the Olympics won't allow professionals. If it's if, Olymp if the Olympics is supposed to be like the best in the world, why not let professional boxers go back in? Um, you know, I know that the difference between technical, it, it's more technical um, when it comes to like, uh, the amateur boxing, that's why they have those, the, the lines on the gloves compared to regular boxing gloves. Oops, I happen to have some boxing gloves right here. And so on the amateur ones, you'll see the white tip right here, Mark, because of the, the way they score it. So it's a bit different. And then they have to wear the headgear. But if it, if it, if the Olympics is the best in the world, then you should allow professional boxers to box and the it's still too confusing to me as i mentioned what is a professional wrestler are you gonna let like roman reigns come in and do some freestyle wrestling which is a completely different type of wrestling than what they do in professional wrestling and then if you're getting paid to be a professional wrestler are you actually a pro athlete because by definition you are you're getting paid to wrestle so these are all questions that I have for you and for the people listening in. And I would love to hear your comments on what do you think a professional athlete is in 2022 and going forward, especially uh, now with everyone being able to kind of get paid now through social media. 
So if you start getting paid through social media and you get sponsorships and let's say I pick up a sponsorship by Nike and they pay me to do ads on Instagram, I'm indirectly getting paid for me being athletic, but that by definition would not consider me a professional athlete, but I'm still making my majority of money that way, which by definition would make me an athlete, except I'm not actually playing. So there's all these little gray areas. And I would, I would just love to know what you think if, um, kind of the same thing, what is an athlete, you know, because many times with everything I've done, I'm still not considered an athlete depending on who you talk to. And that's why I've said it before. I'm like, if you work out, if you do whatever you do, you are an athlete. I think if you go back to like the original, original um, definition of an athlete, I think in British or UK, they still hold it like that. An athlete, I originally, I believe, was people who did track and field events. And nobody else was technically considered an athlete. And now, you know, it, it's interesting because I went to dictionary.com, encyclopedia.com. Dictionary.com has a definition for athlete, but they do not have a okay. definition for I found this on the web for professional. dictionary.com. Uh -oh. Check it out. That was my assistant right there. Uh, Joe Rogan has Jamie, and I have a Jamie iPad here. So, Jamie, we're going to have to work on that. I thought I silenced you. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And uh, so thank you everybody for joining. If anybody would like to come up and let me know what they think an athlete is. Uh, also, as I mentioned, I was supposed to have my friend Jason, who's a Muay Thai instructor uh, today, but he had to go to the doctor. So he will be next, be here next week. And then I started to show a little late uh, because my the confusion of my guests for tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be having Steve Maxwell, who is a pioneer in fitness. Uh, you've seen him on Joe Rogan, London Real. Uh, he's one of the first Americans to receive his black belt in jiu-jitsu. He has a degree in exercise science. He's one of the more like sought after mobility coaches out there. He's worked with professional athletes, the first person to teach kettlebells in the United States, uh, Russian kettlebells. So he's just a wealth of knowledge. I believe he just turned 69 in December and you know, It'll just be fascinating, so be sure to tune in tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time zone. Uh, that'll be a great interview, and just can't wait to hear what he has to say. That was pretty much my food for thought for today. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot, and it was just all because of a, a comment that I left on there on a Facebook group about, you know, what's a pro runner? And even even now, I think yesterday was the last day that I still was getting comments on it. And it's almost like even the people who weren't replying to me directly, uh, the whole conversation kind of changed to what is a professional athlete. And I think that most of the comments I saw were, you get paid, you get paid. So I think the majority of people think that you are considered a professional athlete if you get paid. But... By definition, you have to make the most money in that to be a professional athlete. So if you have a side job and you're making more money in your side job, you're not a professional athlete, which is kind of funny. You know, Let, um, I think that there's current fighters right now, like in the UFC, uh, he hasn't fought in a while, but like Daniel Cormier, he is an announcer for UFC and maybe he gets paid more yearly to do that than to fight.
Um, so then you could ask, is he a professional athlete? It's just too easily taken away and, and given. And it's more of, of opinion. And the dictionaries leave it kind of up to interpretation, especially now with the rule changes in the Olympics and college. So I wanted to leave you that food for thought, always trying to provoke conversations when it comes to professional athletes and what is an athlete. Uh, I will be having some other future shows that I've done in the past and I found them interesting and just kind of based on people listening, I think they have too. So one of the things I want to talk about in the future, and I'll be doing a show, um, I've done a couple on NFTs and sports, um, but I definitely want to do another one because just recently a bunch of like crypto enthusiasts are trying to buy the Denver Broncos for like $4 million. I That's probably too low, probably $4 billion. So yeah, I'm going to be doing another show about that because you know it's not going away. And then with the pro athletes, you know, some people just, kind of jumped in the game trying to get a money grab. Um, I think like Mayweather was involved in one of them. Um, but I don't know how much they're really understanding of, of the way it works. So, you know, maybe he, he was aware or maybe he wasn't. So that that's a show I'll be doing in the future. And then um, I will be uh, bringing on more guests. Um, right now I have a lot of guests lined up, but it's just the dates of when I'll be bringing them in. So when they have to cancel or sometimes like yesterday, I just feel like doing a, an extra bonus show uh, yesterday. If you can go back and listen to it, I did a, what it was it? Uh, are dad bods really sexy or is it a myth? Uh, because I'm, I'm always like lurking on the internet for articles that have to do with sports, working out, fitness, uh, anything like that. I'm just a giant sports fan and workout fanatic and in many different disciplines. But that's the great thing because then I can like compare, you know, like the professor, if you haven't seen him, he's all over YouTube and IG. He's 5'7 and he's 145 pounds and he never made it to the NBA, but he got he got he was considered a professional for a little bit when he played in that league and then and then be like a lot of people just kind of don't really consider you professional if you're not in the nba so a lot of people will be like well no that guy plays in china now or australia they're professional they're getting paid but it's almost like they're putting them on a lower tier like it it's not the same maybe the competition level isn't the same but as far as you being a professional athlete, I don't see why that title should be taken from you. So dictionary.com and encyclopedia.com and what was the other one? Merriam-Webster.com. I think it's time for you guys to revisit what an athlete is and update update the, the definition um, and give an explanation on the Olympics and the college athlete and the Harlem Globetrotters because they get paid to play basketball but they're not considered professionals. So there's a lot of great areas out there um, uh, that, and, and it's interesting too, because with the NFTs, as I was mentioning, there's some athletes that have made more money off their NFTs than they make during football. So if that is the case, by definition, they're no longer professional athletes. Now they're like entrepreneurs. So I would like to get some clarification from 
the people who write the dictionary because I know they have rules. Uh, yesterday I mentioned that Dad bought barely got put in the dictionary last year, and in order to get put in the dictionary, you have to that word has to be put in print so many times before in different publications before they can actually consider it a word. So they have to have ways where they come up with these definitions and you know, with technology and everything else, it, it's time to update it. Otherwise it, it's just going to come down to the opinion of people. Uh, and like I said, it, it kind of a little controversial topic because Otherwise, I, that thread still wouldn't be going. I thought I had it here, but let me see if I could find it. The article is, uh, if, in case you want to read it, uh, they, they put out pretty good articles. Um, so there's Runner's World Magazine, if you're a runner and you like that. The thing I don't really like about Runner's World now is they try and charge you to read the articles. And there's so many people putting out free, good content um, that I don't see why I would want to pay for the runner's world uh articles and no offense to them but sometimes they're kind of just clickbaity and then you want me to pay for that but this one that i've been following they they actually um they're always putting out like good provocative content that i'm like oh okay like um just more interesting type of articles and then i see runner's world's putting out more provocative just insightful and i'm still trying to log in but jamie jamie's being slow so i'm gonna have to maybe give jamie a raise to uh get him to work a little faster here but i'm almost there let's see here i'm looking for a comment here there's so many comments on here uh let's see i think it's called outdoors running and basically they're the ones who kind of started me for those of you joining. Um, and uh, there was an article about letting professional athletes get a head start in the New York Marathon for the first time men because they, they already gave the edge. They gave the women a, like a separate start time a few years ago. Um, so now they're talking about separating the men. And, you know, some people are like good enough to qualify to be in that corral. Um, that they separate you by corral by by speed, but they're not good enough to actually place. So now some of these people who just kind of really earn the right because it's based by time to be in that corral will no longer be allowed to be in that corral. They will be put in the the second corral or the first wave technically because they're going to call it elite men, elite women, and then the first corral or the first wave. And I went on there and I left a little comment, like what's a professional runner. And then from there, I just not knowingly that that little question that I kind of left it sarcastically, uh, would just start such a long comment threads because, you know, there is no, there is no like NBA of runners. There's no runners league, um, running, even though I love it, I mean, they'll put bowling on ESPN before running. They'll put poker on ESPN before running. Running, the popularity, it's grown, but it's not where they can even get airtime on ESPN. Um, who was it? Uh, Meb? 
Meb, uh, I think he won either Boston or U New York Marathon, which was the first American to do it in like 100 years. Did he get any love from ESPN? Nope, he didn't. Uh, I can't remember who they gave the athlete to the year, uh, that, that particular year, when it's something that no one has done in 100 years and you don't get no respect. But ESPN owns Disney, and Disney is always putting on marathons and races uh in the parks like they come like they do themes uh the dumbo challenge so you'll go and you'll run like a 5k the first day a 10k the second day and then a marathon the next day and they charge you so much for that and they don't let you in the park so you want to take from the running community but you don't want to show them any love because you don't show them on tv you don't recognize them when they do something extraordinary um, the only time you really see running is during the Olympics, and that's about that's about it. Uh, here and there, uh, I think the last time that it was in the Olympics, there was some hype. It was when they came out with those uh, those Nike shoes. They're still out there. I got to do a review on them, They're like two hundred and forty dollars, and they make you go like a a split second faster than than normal shoes and i can't remember his name but he had pacers and he was like on a flat track so it was an it was going to be unofficial because it wasn't in a marathon and he missed breaking the record the which is like under two hours by like 30 seconds he attempted it again and then he broke it but that was like the last time that it wasn't the olympics that i remember running getting hype or being broadcast or even talked about so I, you know, I do have a problem and I've mentioned this before with like ESPN, uh, which is Disney basically wanting, wanting to be part of the running community for the money, but then you guys won't do anything to support the running community. And then because, you know, they want to separate and professional athletes. And then as I gave the definitions of a professional athlete, you could be a runner and you don't get paid unless you win. So by definition, I don't know does does winning count as part of earning or does it have to be like a normal paycheck like an nba player gets or an nfl player that they get so much money so often uh or you know like uh i think in ufc you get your base pay but then you get bonus money if you knock someone out and things like that so it's very very sketchy and i have so many comments on here that i can't find the running article now i'm still kind of scrolling here but no i can't find it and see jamie jamie's not doing good work for me so i'm gonna have to have a talk with him all these notes right here and he he didn't include it but yeah i cannot find it now but if i do find it i'll add it on the show notes in case you want to take a look at that article about the runners so uh, thank you, everybody, for joining in. Uh, as I mentioned, I will be back tomorrow with my guest. Uh, my guest for today had to be rescheduled. Uh, but I've been thinking about this for a while since the comments just kind of went off. And then I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a researcher. I, I like to deep dive in things. I see one thing and I'm like, okay, well, let me look into this. And then let me look into that. And it, to me, it's very interesting. And... I thought if it's interesting to me, 
I will share with uh, my community and see what they think. So uh, thank you everybody for joining. Once again, my name is Coach Ray Z. This is episode number 84. So tomorrow will be episode 85 with Steve Maxwell. As I mentioned, he's a pioneer. Just look up his name. You'll be astonished by everything he's done. And he will definitely give insight as far as to what most people don't consider because most people just want to work out fast. And he he says like, you know, every everybody can be remarkable at age in your 20s and your 30s, but he wants to be doing remarkable feats in his 70s and 80s. So you want to be able to be mobile. You want to be able to move around and not have anything hurt, not have joints, you know, because so many athletes now, um, they like, they're, they think, or we've all come to the realization that you need strength training with whatever type of sport uh, recreation you do. The thing is that a lot of people do powerlifting training or Olympic training when they're not training to be a powerlifter or being an Olympian. The way different types of styles and that doesn't really transcend to your sport. So you're better off practicing and training for your sport than to be doing powerlifting because in the long term, um, you know, depending on how you do it, because uh, everything everything's so rushed here, but you'll get, you don't have to, it, it gets, you don't have to work out so intensely to get results where you're like burned out and dead every day. Um, you can actually, the slower you do it, it could be more effective than you just kind of, you know, jerking up some weight that you could barely handle. And me personally, I, I really enjoy uh, body weight. It's something that I think during the pandemic, I, I rediscovered uh, because part of the ATG training that I do, body weight is so good and so effective. And I probably, I'm going to say that right now, I like body weight training more than lifting weights. Uh, I still enjoy lifting weights, but I would say that more of my workouts now are, are just all body weight all body weight and they're they're so good uh so i highly recommend body weight the best thing about it is you know a couple of weeks ago i was in sedona so i i decided to take the train there for the first time and i had some downtime just kind of waiting body weight training you can do anywhere i just started working out like in the lobby just waiting no one the the type of some of them i mean I, I don't care if people look at me crazy. Uh, yeah, I was working out in the train station better than just sitting down and getting tight hips from sitting down all day. We, as it is, we all sit. You know, I come from the corporate world and uh, I sat so many hours uh, living in Los Angeles, an hour drive to work uh, or more than eight hours of work, um, then your lunch, which is an, sitting down more. Then if there's overtime, you're looking at already nine hours, 10 hours, then the drive home, another hour. And I would stop at the gym waiting for traffic to die down. And then most people don't go to the gym and then you go home and you sit down. And so now what, out of 24 hours, you've sat down at least 12 hours of the day maybe, and then you go to sleep. 
so that that's definitely causing a lot of lower back pain a lot of tight hips a lot of issues and then with shoes it's just making uh things in my opinion worse um you know shoes shoes are are were style and fashion um if you've ever heard of i think his name is prefontaine there was a movie made about him he was a a runner for oregon oregon and he he just basically loved to run but he would run and he just always went all balls out he never wanted to slow down and his coach kept telling him slow down slow down you need to slow down and so after so long he, he finally slowed down and he finally qualified for the Olympic trials, which was his goal. So he qualified for the Olympic trials, and then he ended up getting killed in a car accident. Well, his coach ended up creating the first running shoe in the United States, uh, which was the Nike Cortez. And I believe that was like in the 70s. So before that, we had shoes, but not really specific running shoes. And then trying to remember when it was maybe in thinking maybe in like 2000 something that the the trend of minimalist shoes came out and all these people started wearing them and started getting injured because your feet are weak it's like wearing casts on your feet all day and then you're gonna put on minimalist shoes so then a bunch of people got hurt and they stopped using those and now um what what the shoes are popular they're called like hokas and even like a new balance has versions of them but they're very very thick lots of padding which um i've I've tried them they're they're comfortable they have different ones that have speed uh they're comfortable but really to me what that's showing me is that as a whole we're getting weaker because our shoes are getting bigger and more padding and in the long run that's going to cause more damage. Yeah, right now, your your feet feel good because you have those hokas on and they're so padding. But in the long run, it's going to cause more issues. Uh, to me, it's kind of like compression socks. If, if you don't know what compression socks are, they they kind of go up to like your knee high and they sort of cut out the blood circulation. And depending, I'll have to do a whole show on that. Some people say that they help and some people say that they don't me after running a few marathons with them and putting them on after recovery and trying different things with them i'm gonna say they don't work and i'm gonna say that you're better off working on training your feet your lower body your ankle flexion your achilles um, your tibialis stretching out the soleus instead of getting compression socks all that is just masking um masking the pain it's like putting like tiger bomb or or taking medicine it's still gonna hurt you know some people will get injured and take time off but taking time off is just giving you time to get rid of that maybe inflammation but it's not actually doing anything to strengthen or repair that so i don't believe in compression socks i believe that you're better off training your feet i don't believe in going out and getting bigger shoes or more padding on the shoes uh, to me, you should recognize all of these as signs that your body's telling you, hey, I'm weak here. If your left knee is hurting, it's telling you there's something not balanced here. You, you need to address this. So people should not, you know, take this as like a bad sign. Think of it as 
a good thing that your body's alerting you what's going on. And it's almost like telling you, hey, you need to work on this. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. And then a lot of people won't. And then by then you're going to have to go and, you know, pay a doctor or worse, you know, surgery. Um, a lot of doctors are known for you go and you tell them what happened and they'll tell you, stop doing that. And a lot of us who do our sport just don't want to stop. I, I, I know when I got uh, stitches in jujitsu, I told the doctors what I was doing. They're like, well, you should stop. And I'm like, I don't want to stop. They're like, well, you, you know that this and this and this. I'm like, okay. You, I speak to other athletes, same thing. They don't want to stop. Runners, same thing. Um, you know, I, I have a, and I'm going to have to talk to more about it. I have a co-host. Uh, I have another show on here called Drunks. And his knee's been hurting. And um, he's still running. I've, I've showed him some exercises to do. But you know, I just recently found out he was taking uh, like ibuprofen before every run. And to me, that's not good. You should not be, you shouldn't feel any pain when you're working out. If you're feeling pain, there's exercises that you can do going like a step backwards, regressing a little bit till you get that strength back and then you go forward. But any sort of pain that you get, you should recognize that it's a warning sign that you're weak there and you should work on it and don't cause more injury because in the long run, if you want to keep training, if you want to keep running, if you want to keep doing jiu-jitsu, playing basketball, you need to address the issues. Because if you go to a surgeon, what's the first thing he's going to recommend? How does a surgeon make money? Well, let's have surgery. I'm more into the preventative and I'm into longevity. And uh, I can't wait to have my guest on tomorrow because he, he believes the same thing too. Like most trainers are in their 20s and 30s but what do they know about as you get older and mobility and the type of works that they're doing how taxing they are on their body and their joints like are they promoting longevity as far as joint strength as you get older because that's what will give out uh, a lot of a lot of these um people who made money um through fitness products have had either from what I found out hip replacement surgeries or like elbow surgeries. And that's being caused by the type of workouts they were doing in the long run. So do you want to take advice from somebody who had hip replacement surgery? I don't. I want to listen to the people that are still being mobile at an older age and still moving around and it's still in great shape. If you see Steve Maxwell, that guy's still got a six pack. He does pull-ups. He does a lot of body. And like I said, he's 69 years old. I hope that when I turn 69 years old, I could be that mobile. He's still doing jujitsu. You know, I, I, if I could have it, I would, you know, be working out and running and just till the day I die, like that, that would be great. You know, it wouldn't, it, to me, it would be, where like, oh, I'm hurt, so I just give up. And there's too many people that I know that they got an injury and that was it. They're Because of that, they got more out of shape. Um, like I have a friend, he loved basketball and then he got hurt. He hurt his Achilles, then it caused knee issues and all this other stuff. If he would have you know, cross-trained a little bit, maybe uh, tried different sports, different workouts, different uh, activities, then 
he could have done something else, you know, almost, and I'm talking on average, most people kind of stick to that. You know, there's memes made about it, like, you know, runners at a party, you try and talk to them about something else and they're going to somehow bring the conversation back to running. Jiu-jitsu people, they're going to bring the conversation back to jiu-jitsu. Most of them kind of just stick to that. And what I'm saying is do a little bit of cross-training, do a little bit of something else. If you get injured, it, you'll have a better chance of continuing to work out, do something else that maybe won't bother you. I know at one time my ACL was really, really bothering me. And I I wasn't listening. I was being stubborn. I was still going to jiu-jitsu. I was still playing basketball. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. Fate had it that I got injured in jiu-jitsu and I got stitched up. And the doctor told me that I had stitches right here. I had like, I don't know, four inside. And I forget how many on the outside. And he told me that basically any time that I got touched there, it had a chance to reopen for like the first year it would take about really two years to seriously uh, close up i did not want to stop training jujitsu but with my knee hurting my, my acl and then with that happened i was like okay well then i could run because uh, my acl was only hurting when i went laterally so running forward didn't bother me and because of that, I at least was able to work out, do something else, you know. Besides that, you know, I played basketball, but I stayed away from that. And I do yoga, everything. And then little by little, as time was going on, like, it, it's time to test to see if I could do jujitsu. I did not wait a whole year. I did not. Uh, I did a past show on this. Let me see if I have it right here. So what I did was for jujitsu is I went out and I bought me some goggles. And with these goggles right here, uh, they protected my eyes enough, but they kept moving around. So I had to come up with a way for them not to move around. And I did. I, I found something. Uh, I found a documentary, and this guy basically welded them to, like, headgear, which I have headgear, but nowhere around. So he welded them to headgear. And I didn't do that in the beginning. Basically, I would go in, and they would move. And I would give up position and uh, it, it helped in the long run because you get better at defense. But um, I didn't want to listen to the doctor and found a way to do it. So I started training uh, with this. And then even when I started playing basketball again, I would wear these. And eventually I don't wear them. I, I thought I would continue to wear them just because it was a little bit like a traumatic where you're always like kind of protecting your eye or worried about it. But now it's been so long that I'm not too worried about it. And then if you've ever done jujitsu, the geese, they're like burlap. So um, if someone just like cross faces you like this, it hurts. I, the first time I did jujitsu and someone did that to me, uh, I tapped out from that. And now I won't tap out to that. It hurts and it's annoying. But the first time I felt like someone just like Freddy Krueger raked my face. So um, I believe that you should mix it up. Um, that way, unfortunately, if an injury does happen, you can still keep working out and not just, you know, give up what you love. Um, so that's my recommendation. Cross train, find different things, find different exercises, find dis different disciplines. There's so much to do uh, so you can enjoy it and be a pro athlete or become 
uh, an amateur athlete, I don't know, a weekend warrior, whatever you want to call it, but go out there, make your life uh, enjoyable so that you can play with your grandkids as you get older. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining. I'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific time zone with my guest, Steve Maxwell. Till then, this has been Athletic Definition, Coach Ray Z, episode 84. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.